0: Always
1: look on the bright side of death Just before you draw
2: your terminal breath Life's a piece of shit when you look at it Life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true You'll see it's all a show Keep them laughing as you go
3: Hello and welcome to the new pandemic special that we're bringing to you live from India and some other places across the world. Happy quarantine days, bitch. The thing is, you know, we're all in quarantine and we're all fucking bored out of our minds. So, you know, we decided to record this again. I'm back again, Pramod. I wasn't there for the past couple of episodes, I guess. Today we have with us uh, Shuli and uh, bella and we have uh, another guy we have another two guys one is delete and another is what's his name what's your name oh chundu right yeah we have chundu with us yeah so the thing is that you know i'm your host today and we are basically going to be talking about the complete we live in a society moment that we have been living in for the past couple of weeks you know with the Thali Bhartan and the entire candlelight drama we had today as of recording. So, you know, like, it's a very, very uh, bad time to not be a Sanghi because if you're not a Sanghi, you're seeing other non-Sanghis also taking part in this entire charade and you're thinking, what the fuck is happening with this country? This joker comes on, um, you know, he just comes on your television screens. He tells the entire country to do something. And like the fucking clowns that this country is, they actually do that. So, you know, we'll be taking opinions. We're going to be shit-talking because there's not much to do other than that, I guess. And, you know, how about someone else talk for a change? Whoever wants to go ahead.
1: Um. So, I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah. This is Chandu. Uh So, dear audience, we are not going to have your standard facts and logics material analysis episode. Now, something about the last episode was that we did not talk much about India because at that time, the lockdown had not really started. Um, And a lot of developments have happened. We have some numbers across the world. We also have consequences of certain political decisions. However, um, what is very visible is that there has been what i would call a weaponization of nonsense uh, a weaponization of very particular middle class kind of nonsense uh, which is situated in this spectacle of the balcony this uh, sort of i will come and you will see did you see say me the balcony
0: things.
1: yes the spectacle of Balan the balcony yeah, did
0: you say balcony oh, like what?
1: Bal hai, Baal,
3: Baal as you know, for our Bengali audience Bal kuni
1: Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Shivali, what is the correct pronunciation? I'm sorry. for but I actually
0: prefer Baal Kuni because that's exactly what the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, yes, the situation is very Baal, but uh, <laughs> like I want to talk about this whole spectacle thing that uh, the the supreme leader does this spectacle, and this spectacle washes away all facts and logic. The spectacle washes away all need you know, for facts and logic. You know, you and, know, you know. Let's
3: just put it out there. You know, for whatever clownery that our supreme leader has been doing, he's nowhere near as epic as Viktor Orban. Who basically which just point? declared himself God Emperor right now? <laughs> he took the opportunity of this lockdown to
2: declare himself. I don't, as a not want to see this as a competition down to the bottom. You know, like <laughs> which of the which of the so, crazy. Maybe things. just uh, embrace. Uh, maybe just I have, have
1: heard from my Hungarian point. friend. Oh, uh, 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 comrades! I have heard from my Hungarian friend that now there it's going so to have be a Hungarian I have an Hungarian friend. Yes, somehow. But uh, that it's going to be compulsory to uh, learn anti-semitic authors in college. Like, they are going to be teaching them conspiracy theories about Jews and stuff. And it's I all mean, going to be compulsory. Is
0: this very so, different from the Hindutva rewriting of our history
1: books, though? Yeah, they're oh, playing
2: catch-up with us.
1: Oh, it's okay. not. But it's it's so the
0: bottom, of- friends.
1: Yes. And it's a country which is a part of the EU and it's very enlightening to see the EU doesn't give a shit about essentially a dictatorship being declared, a dictatorship where law does no, not the kind matter. Of do, the, the kind
3: of do, but you know, they've also like you know, Hungary has been claiming anti Hungarian, like Orban has been claiming anti-Hungarian racism. So <laughs> that's really funny. So I was Yeah, but but I mean like I don't know how how serious
4: the EU is taking this because I don't know if you guys remember this video where uh, John Carl Juncker actually uh, took Orban and patted in his cheeks and said, this is my favorite dictator. This actually went <laughs> on to become, like, you know, factually true that now that he's saying that everything is banned, like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally the god and then you can fuck off. So, it's, it's, it's basically this uh, clown guys
1: Imagine what would have happened if some South American left-leaning country had done even, like, a bit of what Orban has done. I mean... Yeah, they did. Um,
4: yes, of course, like, tankies would have said that, like, that's weak, like, sovereignty. <laughs> and then everybody else I would have... it's said already
3: that. happened. Technically, technically, you know, with the left-leaning dictator, then it's already happened with Hugo Chavez. And I mean, like, America was outraged about it, but not they couldn't do much about Chavez. So, I mean, like, we do have a case example, we do have an example of it, now, I'm not going to obviously make a false equivalence between, uh, yeah, you know, Chavez. Thank, I'm not going to make a false equivalence. Me. I'm not going to make a false equivalence between Chavez and uh, Orban, but like okay. you know, that if you're just talking about dictators taking control yeah, yeah, and no, PCimo, I was not. I was
1: talking about this very extreme case. But let's come <laughs> back to our local, uh, you know, our homemade product, our uh, very dear, oh, yeah. dear leader. Uh, i don't want to talk about urban comrades i want to talk about our dear leader and i want to talk about the art performance the indian middle class has given a national level orchestra okay i just
3: i just want to like clarify this it's not it's i don't live in a middle class neighborhood i actually live in a lower income neighborhood and this ship place has gone wild as well so i'm not just okay, gonna play the middle
0: Alright,
1: then it's a tro- cross-class collaboration orchestra, let's put it that yes. way. Yeah, we can't blame uh, the
0: for this, not exclusively.
1: Like, this is class collaboration then. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, tonight, uh, we saw the second level of, uh, uh, like, uh, you had uh, this whole light switching on-off thing. And you, you know, had the best a, part uh,
3: is so. a bunch of sanghis actually set fire to their mm-hmm. own house and, you know, fire to fields and they were like committing arson all over like Darwin's
0: India. law in practice.
3: Um, oh, by the way, like, have you checked this out? Like, you know, it's actually true that the Yamuna has become clear for once.
2: I mean this is happening yeah. elsewhere as well, right? A lot of waters have cleared pollution across different cities as yeah, well. pollution. Yeah, is no, no. I mean like I mean border.
3: like I keep the air in my, the air in Calcutta is breathable again. So, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> but like, you know, it was amazing thing that you know, Yamuna being clear for once. And I was like, you know <laughs> Whoever it is is a virus or not, by like, crackers no, and smoking <laughs> up the environment again. So Yeah, I mean like yeah, I actually see the thing was, you know. Um, We're so used to toxic smog all the time, you know, it's like, you know, we can't function without it. So the thing was, you know, pure air was kind of poisoning us. So we decided to like have this event at 9 p.m. tonight for nine minutes where we would, you know, restore some balance in mother nature. So, So as to make the the air breathable again. Yeah, yeah, we have to make
1: the air breathable again. But but there is a, I think there is a better reason, Comrade Pramoda. I think the reason is is that, you know, there is some mystical calculation in which uh, if you, uh, you know, switch on and off electricity at exactly the correct time space coordinates when the stars are correctly aligned, Uh, after (laughs) a certain number. Thali it has a lot thing. to do with
3: the number 9. See, this As is people all going observed. to wake
1: up Thulu from I the know. city of Riley, where he always sleeps. And what is dead may never die. But etc. Uh, etc. Et Friends, if, and you,
0: then, if you bang a Thali exactly right and shout go Corona, Corona, go. In coordination. It's karuna. A, It's
3: Firstly, it's Corona. Okay, go Corona, so, yeah. go. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure Karuna Nandi was like having, like, you know, was getting really pumped
1: up when she was doing <laughs> that.
0: See, guys, I'll put forward a thesis, okay, as to why this is happening. I but think over... Be-
1: before your thesis, my Kuthulu thesis, see, it is all the old ones. You are not getting this. There is a big plot to uh, get the old masters back from the eldritch dominions so that you know us lousy humans will all go become gelatinous goo by this coronavirus thing and then the real masters of this realm would rule but let us hear your thesis my thesis
0: is slightly more it's like semi-facetious but my point is this that what do indians have above all else the sense of being demographically strong right like demographically dominant like there's so many of us like if we all jump we will shake the world or whatever some shit that's one <laughs> thing we have going for us and or if we think, shit
1: that pakistan would drown i have heard that a lot of yeah that. yeah all of if that shit we in forget, direct forget
0: china for a second but yeah we are we you know like uh, we have a lot of josh because there's so many of us and you know if we do something together you can nasa can see india from space that shit yes. so um I think PMG is effectively t- tapping into that kind of, um, you know, like, s- that, I don't want to call it self-esteem, but that kind of self-aggrandization. And at the same time, sort of giving us, like the children that we are, a, like a kind of excuse to have a party. Like, so what if you're but, trapped but
1: inside? It's not that new, right? okay. Bajao, Since you are like, going to be, since you are being serious about this, You know, how different is this from, say, the million MOOC marches of the earlier regimes? You know, when the Nazis or uh, even the Soviets or then the Indians would have their parades and you have so many people marching in cadence, what does that achieve if not a big spectacle and an excuse to have a party? And it, like it's not different, it, it's
0: very similar. And the yeah, reason it is it's similar. different from, say, the CAA protests, which also required mass participation, was those kind of like mass mobilizations are based on discontent, whereas this mobilization is based on feeling good about yourself.
1: Yeah, it's triumphalism, it's like the million Mook march, it's like telling the world that look, there are so many of us, and if we coordinated, we could, I don't know. Create an orchestra. Send, send positive uh, of, of, sorry, vibes,
2: man. Sorry, the part of the logic that I think is the appeal is, you know, community activity. I mean, think of it as you know, like a flash mob, or um, you know, people's the the illusion of spontaneity, the illusion of togetherness, the illusion of coming together at a time when things are difficult. Um, there are different ways in which sort of even, you know, the modern capitalist movement has tried to profit off of this, right? And I think that this is is really that he's, you know, the, the Prime Minister is really, you know, hinging on what um, middle class desires to look a certain way and be a certain way uh, to embody what a community seems like in their minds, right? A, a sort of ca- common, the imagined community of the nation, let's just say that. Um, I think he's he's uh, banking upon that, right? And the fact that people desire to see a moment of solidarity of people coming together and so on, because let's be honest, the actual infrastructural realities are that it's not happening. So if you look at the actual data, economic data, socioeconomic data about how people are managing to survive the crisis, there are some really bad horror stories coming out. So if you were to actually, you know, read news that is the news, you know, which has been reported from the ground, which which carries um details about what people are going through the reality is profoundly depressing so in some ways this is really a public relations strategy it's a very classic pr strategy actually it's what all these companies do which is the moment their reputation hinges on something bad it is you come forward and suddenly represent something that the so-called corporate you know community looks like um that that stands for you know coca-cola does this all the time right the the united world or whatever it is it's exactly that strategy so what he's tried to do now is really to peddle a pr strategy to to the country as policy as action as you know as political action which is alarming that people are swallowing it but perhaps i think there is a, a, an undercurrent of desperation in why people do this shit um and i think that's possibly driving it even though i cannot like, explain yeah. how yeah you know, I, also i, I, I should I just want no, also, I sh-
3: also i should have like for one minute like I, uh thing is that even with this situation that we are having with migrant workers etc like you actually have the Modi government with a policy disaster on its hands. And this is something that they've realized. And one of the things is that I expect, you know, as of recording, I expect that the lockdown will be ex- uh, extended. It has to be because we are now seeing exponential growth. We've had like some experts coming out and saying that, you know, oh, India's flattening the curve, etc. Uh, around five, six days back. And then, you know, suddenly from that point, even in the very, very limited testing that India has been doing so far, we've suddenly seen exponential growth in the number of cases. We've we started seeing the number of deaths increase. As of today, it's crossed to 100. And we're obviously not testing enough, et cetera. We're also mm-hmm. having news uh, coming in of states, et cetera, suppressing news of you know, these cases and deaths. Uh, and, uh, you know, along with that, we've had a complete shutdown. We know for a fact that this is going to cause a massive recession. It's going to happen worldwide anyway. But, you know, even in a country as poor as India, it's going to have devastating effects. I mean, like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have had a lockdown, but the thing is that, it, you know, it's going to have a massive economic impact. But the problem is, unlike certain, say, European countries or, say, Canada, there's very little in the way of assistance, to uh, you know the you know to the poorest to the least well off that's come from the side of the government and uh, that is going to create a lot of you know that was that is a policy disaster that's just, you know that's just staring the government in its face and mm-hmm. the thing is that uh, this lockdown for it to be effective against this pandemic has to be extended for at least another month uh, if not more
4: mm-hmm.
3: and. Uh, you know, once that happens, it's going to be a lot of pain. Now, the thing is that, you know, with this entire situation going down, you need to basically even, you know, it's not just the thing that, you know, you have to reassure people who are not affected that things are all right. It's also the people who are affected. I, I mean, like, this one way of seeing this and saying that, you know, it's just for the people who are unaffected by this, but, you know, we're a bit concerned. But I also think the reason this kind of feel-good uh, Thing that Modi is doing right now, with you know, coming on television at nine a.m. telling people to do this nonsense at nine p.m. for nine minutes, you know, with a very, very cute mathematical symmetry to it, uh, is basically about uh, you know, also you know, kind of reassuring the people whose votes they might very well lose come next election. That you know, that we're trying to do something and you know, another thing that they've been doing ever since this lockdown started and you know, this first announced this quote unquote Janata Karfi or whatever, is that um, they're trying to put the onus of responsibility on individuals, we saw that with this entire thing with the Tablighi Jamaat as well, like, you know, what they're saying is that essentially, these are not policy failures. Uh, the government has not done anything wrong. What is happening is it's a few, a few bad eggs. Obviously, with regards to the Tablighi Jamaat, it was uh, interspersed with very structural Islamophobia. And, you know, the entire campaign was Islamophobic, with the media joining in once again, but joining in a way that was exceptionally shameful this time around. You know, with even, like, uh, centrist media joining in the demonization of Muslims very, very openly right now uh and you know it's all become with regards to the modi government strategy on all of this it's always it it continuously becomes about individual responsibility rather than what the state can yeah, do because the state has
0: that's the flip yeah. side of group think triumphalism right like if we are yeah. united and undefeated un, you know in dom- and and dominant then there has to be some individuals who are in the outgroup who we can make them make the scapegoat. It was northeasterners at first, and the Chinese, and now it's like Muslims. So it's it, 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 it's going to continue that way. So I think Dilip
4: yeah.
2: has something to yeah. say. I want to hear what he has yeah.
4: to say. Yeah, I mean, like I just want to summarize or uh, like think about what has actually happened because um, so first they actually refused to impose a very important travel ban, and they lied about actually testing people or quarantining people coming from apples and then the icmr and uh, so far even many state governments especially the health ministry has completely denied the existence of community transmission for a long long time than uh, mm-hmm. you know they should have effectively have and we have denied uh, doing mass testing for a long time which means that the mm-hmm. numbers we are seeing are not the actual numbers uh, we are i mean like any any anybody who has been reading newspapers and can tell that in fact in italy where they are actually religiously reporting numbers, one of the important articles came in which they said, like, you know, the death is almost four times less. The reported death is almost four times less than what the actual deaths are. So imagine the scenario which is happening in Italy and Spain where, you know, Mm -hmm. police and army are going inside the homes and actually pulling out the corpses of old and dead people where they are not actually testing those old people for COVID. But if you see uh, the database in in terms of, uh, uh, you know, in a particular constituency or municipality, you say you see that the normal weekly death is four times more than what uh, actually happens in a normal scenario. So even in countries where the reporting and the num- uh, the calculations are meticulous, you still see that the deaths are almost four times over. So having all this mind uh, in this, uh, this in mind, and actually the recession coming, and and the really the huge economic uh, uh, you know the disadvantage that's going to come in the next few months as well as the, the struggle of migrant workers and all these that the, uh, the uh, unconscionable lockdown has put down on the people. With all these in mind, still the spectacle was a success. And I don't want to put it down to, you know, it's just a couple of middle-class people who are clapping or just sangies going, uh, you know, bonkers. Of course, they are going bonkers. Of course, the middle class is enjoying the spectacle and taking part in. But I think it cut flat and uh, claps boundaries in ways that it's deeply mm-hmm. uncomfortable for the left to actually... I'm
3: sorry, I have friends in both the Pakistan of as well as um, the uh, Batla House area in Delhi, and you know the thing is even they and the, the, these are mostly Muslim dominated areas. Even there, we've you know apparently people were just like saying that everyone was also bursting crackers and whatnot at night, which is which was shocking to a lot of people that this has also happened. Like you know there were certain Muslim dominated areas where you are suddenly seeing the, you know, a very festive atmosphere, you know, suddenly erupted. Uh, it did not happen, interestingly, it did not happen on the quote-unquote day of the Janataka review, but it happened tonight for some reason. Um, and the thing is that, uh, you know, all of this put together, you know, it, it's it's very, very disturbing that, you know, ultimately these policy failures, you know, they are they are being individualized and they are being seen as Something and you know, we are having this entire feel good feeling at this point. And if you see the videos that are coming out, you're seeing people actually coming out on the streets, you know, celebrating and whatnot, when you're actually supposed to be practicing social distancing, you're supposed to be practicing isolation at this point of time. And, uh, you know, people are violating most of uh, So yeah.
0: one, I think optimistic way of looking at it is what people are saying is that this is just a way of Modi has of distracting people from the government failures. I don't think it's really that innocent. I think it's a way of manufacturing consent, right? If you if you get into the party feel and you identify emotionally with this government, even if you haven't voted for them, which many people haven't, but they're still banging their thalis, and you feel involved, you know, at at, at this emotional mm. level with, with the with this collective gesture to defeat the coronavirus, then yeah, I mean, any critique of the government becomes a critique of you.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I just want to ask this one question, like to, to just imagine this one question, which I don't know the answer to, because, you know, like he has managed to convert all the policy failures into this form of a spectacle where everybody is actually actively, a lot of people are actually actively taking part in and they are feeling comfortable and they, they kind of feel as a part of a collective identity, or as a collective nation, you know, like uh, uh, as, as a form of defeating this, this uh, unknown, invisible, Uh, you know, uh, Asura or something that they are managing to, you know, uh, get rid of by banging the Talis or whatever. So the the, the government and the Sangh is actually able to imagine this uh, sort of spectacle. And I'm just wondering, like, just to, you know, uh, boost up uh, whatever, morale or whatever. But, like, why is the opposition not imagining a sort of counter-spectacle to this? Like, you know, like, you... You can put forward 10,000 policy papers or whatever from epidemiologists to economists, but to just get, you know, you are going to see frustration with people because it's obviously a pandemic. It's obviously going to result in job losses and then overwhelming the healthcare sector and then uh, doctors actually being really afraid because of the lack of PPs and so on and so forth. So all this is actually already being reflected and it's going to intensify in a few months and a few weeks. I'm just wondering, like, you know, why hasn't, like the opposition imagined the sort of uh, uh, counter spectacle to show the frustration, you know. So,
3: so one of the yeah, the counter spectacle doesn't exist because the opposition doesn't have a position of authority. Uh, we could ask why that's not happening at the level of the state government. Now the problem is that uh, the way Modi has kind of positioned this. Now again, going back to the way this entire lockdown itself was announced. I mean, like if you that itself was a spectacle. In the, that sense, you know, it was this very dramatic announcement at 8 p.m. And, you know, where again, this is probably, you know, it, and, and it, it's very important sometimes to actually pay attention to what he's saying. And the way he presented it, you know, you can have criticisms of it, the criticisms of the way it was implemented, etc. But again, it comes back to what Shiuli was saying, right? He makes it about everyone. And in the sense that, you know, if you are criticizing it, you are also criticizing, uh, you know, yourself, you're criticizing your neighbors, you're criticizing your family, etc. And makes this problem, a very deep problem, you know, you just being sort of a sport at a grand level. So the thing is, that it's actually very difficult for the opposition to even mount a counter-spectacle. Because again, it's true, we need social distancing. The problem is, you know, we obviously, you know, those of us who have been talking about it, those of us who were obviously like like extremely opposed to this government etc we've been saying it, we can we can say it as much as we like right that you know this entire lockdown itself was very ill thought out you should have taken some time you should have like done it in phases uh, state governments were already doing it and you know there should have been better coordination Um, There were areas in which, you know, it seems like, you know, the central government has actually overstepped its authority because they use the Disaster Management Act to basically declare this and completely overridden the authority of state governments, which probably is unconstitutional, etc. But then they don't actually care. And The way it's been presented is that if you oppose any of it, if you're criticizing any of it, you are actually, you know, you, you want to see this fail. And that's very dangerous, right? You're now, right now confronted with the pandemic, and then you are basically—if you're being critical of it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like now you're not even on the side of Pakistan or urban naxals or anything or jihadists or anything of that sort. You're on the side of a fucking virus. Comrade
2: Corona. Like, but can Then you just can only. Sorry, I was just gonna say Bleep and answer to your question. I think part of the problem is that the, the the official narrative is one of a sort of universal universal sense of community. So for a partisan effort to say no, we we reject what the government is suggesting, and here is our countermeasure. Which is a, 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 a still an expression of solidarity, still an expression of say mutual support systems and whatnot. Um, it's, it's incredibly hard because at this point, you know, you look foolish for trying to stress a partisan difference when it is clear that the crisis requires a sort of you know universal non-partisan intervention, right? And I think in India, it's all of this stuff anyway gets politicized in ways that are very ugly. But there is a certain way in which the BJP is now mobilized narrative of let's not politicize this. Comrade Dilip has asked a question, and I think it,
1: it's like important to like, not also like, uh, you know, not also capitulate to the inevitability of the universalism the BJP has created. I think because everything is not going to work anyway, you may as well look at like very small things. And one of the small things I have noticed is that there are two groups of people who are quite pissed off and who are not buying into the sort of the universalist narrative and from very different reasons, by the way, one is of course the doctor community. There is a lot of anger, there, uh, anger because these people are being overworked anger because they at a very material, very direct level know what is going on and that a lot of things are fucked up. Um, there has been a lot of bad shit happening with doctors and there, there is genuine anger there across state lines and across a lot of things like, and also you have to remember that for a while, the doctor community has been sort of organizing as a community. Like remember the long time back, we did this episode on the medical strike and from my conversations with certain doctors, it's almost as if that, you know, that the that the pandemic has sort of pitted the doctors as a sort of a not a, not exactly a class, but like like we are doctors and we know shit and thing. and so there is an urgent uh, sort of uh, feeling of both betrayal from the state and sort of urgency against the pandemic which which we are seeing there. There is another class of people which is very interestingly not falling for the uh, sort of universalist feel good thing which which is a class of people I talk to a lot and which is this sort of, strangely enough, a class of people, not a class of people, a group of people, a mass of people which has generally been supportive of the government which is this uh, middle class, technocratic engineer sort of people, like young people who think that they operate via reason and that they are above quote unquote politics, etc. And there is this feeling of like in Hindustani, if you want to like paraphrase it. And this is something I've noticed common with a lot of people as well, who are not necessarily opposed to the lockdown or the way it was done, but are opposed to the sort of spectacleization of certain things that are happening. And they think it is stupid. And they also think that the clever things are not being done. So, I don't know. can these two angles be used to sort of uh, push some kind of logic uh, there is I don't know' I was
2: also going to add, which is i have I have people friends in the in the healthcare uh, profession. Uh, um, I know doctors for instance, who are really troubled by the fact that. Um, India is simply not our public healthcare system as bad as it is now even if it were very functionable in say certain states right Um, state government hospitals for instance the scale of the problem is so immense if you're looking at numbers anywhere close to what Wuhan was facing or what Italy faced um, India will simply not be able to cope it's just we don't have the infrastructure we don't have the resources we don't have protective equipment we don't have staff uh, we don't have isolation facilities there's all sorts of things you have to have in place right supplies and uh, medication ventilators etc etc or uh, arranging all of this on a scale where we imagine multi- you know thousands and thousands of people being admitted at the same time we can't do it so i feel like from them i'm sensing a very particular narrative which is look if the government is now you know setting off on these morale boosting missions it's it's harmless at this point and whatever if it at least gives people the 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 sort of goodwill to social distance and to take it seriously we will take it because at this point um, any messaging is will be valuable whether it's you know use, whether it's you know it's simply a feel good messaging or not at this point any messaging is better than no messaging so the fact that the government is even doing that is something good and I don't know how to deal with this because they are right in a way we don't have the resources to actually address the problems but um, at some point you know ineffective messaging is acceptable because it's better than nothing I guess and I don't I, I it's really sad that we have to come to that point
0: a parallel point let me, would be let me that at least people have the i don't know uh, the uh, desire I think to need imagine to themselves it. as part of a large community and is that politically useful if that community <laughs> that they're imagining themselves to be a part of is just like crazy toxic and, bo- and like low-key fascist i don't know yeah, yeah. <sighs> no but can- like
3: another thing i just want to say about the medical community i think okay about the medical community I, you know just as there are people within the medical community who have been consistently opposed to this we also have to talk about you know a, power, a very very prominent section of the medical community who may not be necessarily on the ground fight i mean like actively involved with managing cases who have consistently been justifying for instance mm-hmm. india's lack of testing or uh, india's a very pathetic response to any of this. Uh, we don't know how, one of the reasons is that these people, are. I mean, like, for instance, I mean, although, you know, I personally are very close to, we, we did that episode, right? Like on the doctor strike, etc. You know, so I, it should be clear that I don't have anything against the medical community in India. But uh, the thing is, I've seen this very, uh, that I've seen this, that, that, you know, a lot of higher ups, a lot of, uh, within the medical community for a very long time have also sort of like been responsible in selling the government's line for a while that everything has been all right when it was very clear that it was not and as we pointed out they were also rather complicit in saying that you know because the icmr essentially is is them as well uh, they've been complicit in saying that you know community transmission wasn't happening when it was uh, but when it's been obvious to anyone who's been looking at the numbers at, uh, even the limited amount of testing that's happening uh, they've also been like uh, saying "You, we've had very responsible members of the medical community coming and writing op-eds uh, and saying that you know maybe we shouldn't we maybe shouldn't be doing much about it anyway because you know all of this is within the margin of error and whatnot of the number of deaths that happen in India as a result of normal, you know, like the fact that India is a poor country and people die, you know, of these causes anyway. So we've had this kind of thing that's been happening. I've seen that there has been certain medical professionals who've been going on television and saying things like, you know, I believe in, you know, we should adopt a strategy of building herd immunity, etc. Uh, So I think that also has to be mentioned. That, you know, there have been... And, and the interesting thing is, when these people, most of them also changed their tune the moment the government did, which is also important to take note of. And uh, these people, you know, we are talking about the medical community who is fighting these battles on the ground. And yes, you know, in respect to them, but there are also these members of the medical community who, you know, people who are taken as voices of authority, who have been coming on all these shows, etc., We've been saying that, you know, India will be, it's not going to be a big deal in India because of the climate and whatnot. Although, you know, we have no reason, right now there's no reason to believe in this anymore because we've been seeing cases exploding in places like Florida in the United States, which has a very similar climate to that of many parts of India. We've been seeing explosions of cases in Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia is, in fact, now one of the worst hit countries in all of Asia. And... uh, So, you know, we have, we also have to be pointing this out that, you know, there's institutional, the the complicitness within this is uh, very, very institutional. And it is also something that, you know, all, from everyone from the medical community to a group of think tanks, policymakers, etc., who are supposed to be neutral, who are supposed to offer neutral advice at this point of time, have been sort of like fucking up on. Yeah, I was
4: just wondering, like, you know, i actually disagree because maybe it ha- it happens uh, it so happens that the spectacle continues even when we are going to have you know uh, devastation and destruction in uh, if if the virus actually exponentially explodes if it doesn't that's a different story we are all really happy for that but if it actually explodes there is going to be a lot of real discontent you know there are there are going to be multiple dimensions of discontent and if you build upon uh, you know the the kind of discontent that we have now even though it isn't actually universal even though it's not getting reflected in uh, with a lot of people but if you start building upon the discontent now and it it is going to slowly gain traction and that's how the opposition can actually tilt uh, you know this wave from uh, what uh, Modi has actually managed because I I, I really believe that even if the virus doesn't explode even if you don't have any kind of you know exponential uh, uh, exploding of this uh, transmission, it's going to be a, still a huge economic shock, right? And then there is still going to be a lot of uh, lot of places where the, the healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed. So it's still possible that at least if the opposition tries to imagine, it can be in multiple ways. It doesn't need to be a spectacle. It can be a spectacle, or the state governments actually, you know, uh, clubbing together, unifying across the even party lines, and then just putting pressure on the center, on the non-response on and, and how limited the package is. And actually, you have to also mention that how they actually cleverly uh, repackaged this huge package where they actually only offer almost only 1 lakh crore. And they have announced 1.7 lakh crore. They managed to put in all the other things that they offered before into this relief package very cleverly. So it's too possible, I believe, uh, the response from the opposition.
1: I'm pretty certain that the opposition leadership does not listen to our podcast. Had they done, they could have all not done the wrong things and done the right things. And we would have had a communist revolution by this point. It's all their fault for not listening to us. If our audience could please make these damn fools listen to us. But perhaps.
0: the has, a, has, like, in all seriousness, a pretty important point that you cannot surrender the, yeah, I the also narrative you can't of unity. Surrender. I
1: don't agree with comrade Pramod. It's just that things are no, pretty No, I'm
0: trying to synthesize both their points. I mean, on one hand, yes, you can't surrender, like, you can't forfeit the narrative of unity, to the BJP, but the BJP is not just giving us unity, they're giving us unity on the basis of a very lower common denominator kind of identity, right? Which is like, to put it bluntly, like normy middle class Hindu identity. It's not unity for everyone, whereas the opposition, when they try to put forward unity, it is a coalitional unity. It's just much harder to get that kind of unity together. Besides it not being based on feel-good feels and based more on like aggrievement and resentment and just like, you know, like a sense of outrage, justice.
3: Even if you look at the other countries, one thing that has happened is that uh, if you're looking at opinion polls regarding whom people in America trust, this is true. Uh, yeah. to, to lead them out of this crisis, it's actually Joe Biden. It's not Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I'm
0: telling you, people just flock to the lowest common denominator of some kind of comforting unity. And for Biden, that message is that we have to defeat Trump. It's a very normy message. And it's the one thing everybody can sort of get on board
4: with. And that's the. Yeah. I mean, like, imagine two countries which actually took herd immunity as the official strategy the so Netherlands and the UK, right? The the uh, the uh, opinion polls clearly also the,
1: Australia was considering herd immunity. So is, wow, I never
4: knew. This. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. it's like the UK and, and the Netherlands actually considered and implemented uh, the herd immunity for some time, at least before they both uh, you know reversed their positions. And even in the time where they considered herd immunity and the uh, you know the fall off of what has happened due to the fact that they considered it, the the opinion polls clearly show that the um, Acceptance for both uh, Mark Rutte as well as Boris Johnson has skyrocketed. You know, it's almost like for for Rutte, it's it's from 40 to almost 60 percentage of uh, acceptance, yeah. and I don't know Boris Johnson, is, it's also increasing. So yeah. maybe I you can argue for like there is it's very difficult for the vultures to argue for uh, privatized uh, healthcare now, but uh, but it's not that the the uh, acceptance rate for these uh, leaders who are handling it very badly is decreasing. Just before in fact, you go, Trump's like, approval rate, rate is growing, so. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah, want to add you, you know, I just, I'm very concerned about well, one that thing that guys, happened like the I mean, today's episode
1: was not going to be solutions anyway. I'm fine with accepting that we are fucked. Like, yeah, my, my, my really,
0: hot take on this is that in times of crisis, we're all scared little bitches. And we need, and we need like a strong, comforting daddy. That's what's happening.
3: Another thing is that, you know, in spite of what Boris Johnson had done initially, the thing is, you know, they quickly backtracked and they also started announcing very generous, you know, packages, etc., relief packages, etc., which also, like, you know, bolstered their support. And I mean, like... (laughs) You know, it's, it's kind of funny because the Labour uh, leadership election happened today and the deputy who was elected, she is diagnosed with Corona. She's like sitting at home. The deputy, the vice president of Labour right now, she's, she has Corona. So, it's like, it's not a, I mean, like, Boris Johnson also has corona, but then Boris Johnson is coming on television and saying, you know, I'm fine, etc. I'm still going to you from Skype and whatnot. It's something, it's like, you know, and, you know, I think, you no, know, know.
0: he went on air and said that I know this is, you know, sabka for her and I'll, whatever, you know, he, he's like putting on this sympathetic, Nonsense. Which yeah.
3: I get, I, understand your, I, understand, your like I understand your pain. I understand your pain. I understand your pain. I understand your pain. Basically, saying I understand your pain. The thing is that you know Donald Trump level of incompetence is like something very rare. I mean, you know, Donald Trump is the one leader of any any one major world leader who has consistently flip flopped, who has shown no capability of leadership whatsoever in this. Crisis.
4: Yeah, so, I, I think you know. Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro has the
3: same, yeah, I would say Bolsonaro is almost the same, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bolsonaro, yeah, right, Bolsonaro and Trump. But apart from them, there has been no other leader who has actually, you know, even if they're not handling the crisis well, we, you know, most countries aren't handling this crisis well, um, they've at least put on a face that they can handle it. But Trump has been magnificently incompetent at doing that. I mean, like, if he had... Put up that kind of face if he had shown a bit of confidence. I do, I he might have been polling high right now. It's just that he has completely botched things up. That, oh,
0: he but he watched. is polling higher than he used to. Corona has driven his ratings up, yeah.
1: Oh, well,
0: but that's oh, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, I like, think you left. are
1: overthinking this at this point, and we have completely missed the agenda for today's episode. There was no the agenda, not to have an agenda.
4: <laughs> yeah, the agenda was not
1: to have an agenda, but you sound as if you have like intelligent points, but you actually don't. You are just like yeah.
4: this no is way to...
3: basically we're spitballing in creative ways and like yeah, you know,
4: some of us I the only thing that I'm very scared of what's happening in India is that uh, there are a lot of things to be scared of, but one of the things is that there is sort of gag order with to journalists, right? So yeah. like kind of afraid if they're going to fudge numbers, it's going to play a huge role now. No, 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 no
3: the, the, number, is... the number fudging has already started. Like, we know for a fact that West Bengal is doing it. Tamil Nadu was doing it a few days back. But then, you know, that entire WG case suddenly, uh, suddenly blew up the numbers. And, you know, I mean, like, someone, some people on Twitter were, were actually, medicos actually did report on that from Tamil Nadu, if I remember correctly. That there was like a week a week back, they were basically just lying about cases. They were, they were not even testing people who had died from symptoms who, which were very similar to COVID nineteen. They were not testing people exhibiting symptoms, etc. Um, and the second thing is like West Bengal. We know for the past three days, uh, has been you know it's it stayed at a constant fifty three cases in West Bengal, which is not true. <laughs> and the death, number of deaths has gone from six to three to again to six. And it's like all very confusing. Uh, you know, it one of the... Ex- like this
0: kind of political pressure on journalism is also, being, it's, it's also going to be possible uh, because journalists are going to be massively laid off. The industry will suffer as a whole. It was already fragile to begin with. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. If there's anything yeah, else, yeah. I, I would leave. No,
3: someone. The interesting thing was I remember one day, like, so someone actually, I think it was like someone in the ICMR actually said something really funny, which was like, you know, why aren't you testing more? And someone was like, you want more cases to come out yeah. or something? <laughs> it was something bizarre like that.
1: Like, you want why would he?
4: So why hard. would he? Why would he have such negativity in life? <laughs> yeah,
1: you are doing too much negativity in life. You are not like talking sense at this point i think i'm just saying if
0: if i have to leave our audience with any words do not i I know many of y'all are sitting at home and have lost work and everything i get that but there are Should
3: like put on the joker mask right now
0: okay there are some people who can i mean you're still better off than a lot of other people relatively speaking no matter how bad you have it right now please don't give money to pm cares
1: <laughs> please
0: don't do it. Uh, support like local relief stations. Support independent journalists. I think please give your paid household help paid leave. Mm-hmm. Please give your drivers <laughs> paid leave. But <Well>, I just <laughs> want to ask the audience because we are audiences.
1: Like... Okay, Dilip, Dilip, also say something. Okay, i moderator. Must, must, put my foot
3: down. Dilip, also say something. Dilip,
4: go ahead. No, I just want to ask the audience like we are in the middle of a pandemic. People are losing jobs, and you still are. Paying for the Patreon of material analysis,
1: I, I can't understand. Okay, if you are paying <laughs> us money, keep paying us money. Thank you. Uh, okay, I have some advice for the audience because today's episode was a useless waste of time. One people, uh, there are like three, three, four people paying me, and one uh, <laughs> of uh, so. Okay, uh, dear audience, um, try to you know not overwork. Like, don't try to do all this productivity bullshit. Like, you know, there is going to be very much lot of pressure on you to be productive. Like you would see on social media, people would be saying do this, do that, uh, learn some skills, exercise. I mean do that, do self-improvement. But also like don't be obsessed by don't feel bad if you can't like work out every day or if you don't learn 15 new okay, languages. If, okay, I've got, or, I've got
3: I've got I've got some advice for professors and faculty members. What? Like yeah <laughs> like
1: like please, you know, I've been seeing it with some think professors like, and faculty members listen to our podcast. Like, dude, like, serious. you never
0: know. Uh, you day. never
1: know. You never know. Anyway, so
3: the thing is that uh, professors, faculty members, graduates, whoever is like grading papers, etc. Please jail with you know, <laughs> like, with your online classes and whatnot.
1: Like, it's <laughs> like in general chill like don't do this whole productivity hustle nonsense
0: to to be fair you're compelled to do the classes online but what you can do is kind of find loopholes and just give your kids grades without being a hard ass
2: about it
1: great as you can is is what we are saying yeah because everybody's under a lot of pressure also i would say talk to your friends talk to your partners by no, it's not perfect. Like use whatever online. Like some of us Google. don't have. Some of us have, neither have friends nor partners.
4: Okay, some, <laughs> some
1: of those some of us are are advised to like look for friends and partners. It's not impossible. Everybody is. Lonely oh right. Now. It, 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 uh,
3: by the way, Tinder has opened cool uh, passport service for everyone, so you can now go and play play stupid games with your friends right now. Like game. Yeah. Um, No, 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 no. It's a a very interesting game. So, like, pick up a random location somewhere in the world. Okay. Uh, Make sure it's, like, sparsely populated and does not have a lot of people. You and your bunch of your friends, you know, all take Passport and go to that same location. And then the deal is to basically find your friends over there. So, if you swipe on them, uh, you know, whoever swipes first wins that round. Okay. So, that's basically how you play that game.
4: So, so now uh,
1: all
3: the work
1: promotes. Is that where's Bordeaux might? Okay, okay. Dear audience, uh, the like I was saying, try to chill. There are a lot of like if you want to be at the podcast, would help you by giving you uh book lists of novels which you might not have read and music Wait, recommendations. Uh, uh, whatever you might want in terms of entertainment. Okay, so would... Deutsche Grammophon
3: is actually doing some live concerts right now.
1: So from like
3: excellent pianists and you know etc who are all playing recording from home, you can actually go and you know watch them live on the YouTube channel. So that might be a thing you might be interested in. Certain jazz musicians are also doing the same blue note records, etc. You can check the classic FM, etc. You can check those channels out.
0: All this is very nice, but I insist that you assholes who listen to our podcast, pester your parents, pester your family members, whoever hires servants around you. And I know there must be some. Could be you
3: yourself, by the way. Could be
0: yourself, I don't know. Give those people paid leave. They are worse off than you are. It's hitting them in ways you cannot imagine.
1: And political parties which are taking food for working class neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. CPIMS was doing something like that. Uh, There are a lot of organizations which are still doing it. Please donate to them. Also, also,
3: also, also sanitary napkins. Uh, Basically, you know, so unfortunately sanitary napkins have been uh, classified as a non-essential product and production has stopped. So, you know, if you have spares, etc., please, like, distribute them amongst your people you know might be in need, etc. I know... The SFI and the DYFI in Bengal are actually running a sanitary napkin distribution program right now. Uh, I know for a fact that certain shops are really out of sanitary napkins and well, if you have a surplus, etc., consider donating.
1: So, yeah. I think
4: Anderson... Guys, our- Boris Johnson is actually admitted to hospital. Yes. Yeah! uh that is and a good I'm note to them yes happy
2: have home. you considered
3: have you considered that the next in line is Sunak like that you just I say don't yeah
1: I, I literally don't care at this point okay <laughs> <laughs> fine 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 uh have a have a good time or try to also also try
3: finding all the endangered species which you can find on the road like make a collection of them
0: yeah please um, take pictures tag our podcast if you see unicorns roaming around in Tamil Nadu? Please like. Please let us know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all interested in seeing pictures of those.